Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Great talk. Juicy rumors. <laughs> That sounded like the AEW ring. No, not quite. Not quite. At the end of that pay-per-view on Sunday night. Um, This is Purple Daily. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. We got Declan Goff, the executive producer of the show. And boy, do we have some fun news updates, speculation for you as we are just a few days away from the legal tampering period in, uh, in NFL free agency. Uh, there's a couple interesting names being floated about. Before we get to any of that stuff, a quick shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you're a business owner out there and you also love the purple, this is a perfect match for you because Federated's been around for over 100 years helping businesses. And how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips, industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success? Well, that's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. MyShield has resources to help your business with risk management needs. Find out more about MyShield at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So Judd, Declan, the uh, the Vikings news that came out this morning in terms of their, their mission to clear more cap space. Britton Colquitt has agreed to a restructure. He will make the league minimum, which is like just over a million dollars for uh, he'll make the veteran league minimum. And it saves the Vikings like one point three million dollars in cap space. So the Vikings are sitting on, I want to say, like, I don't have it in front of me, but like nine and a half million dollars in cap space right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Something believe, like that. I believe Chris Thompson tweeted out this morning. They're at about 10. They have about 10 in space. That makes sense. Yep. 10. Yep. Yep. So they've done some work. The Riley Reef and Britton Colquitt. Um, it's very possible that like a Shamar Steffen could still get cut. Anthony Barr, we're going to get to him on this episode. But I'd love to start, and I'll throw it to you, Judd, because I want you to set this up. And then I have, a, I have an offensive line scenario for you. But Orlando Brown Jr., yes. his name keeps floating out there. He took over as the Ravens' starting left tackle after Ronnie Stanley's injury. And he has continued to say publicly, I want to play left tackle, which means I want to be traded. What are you hearing on that front? So Baltimore gave him and his uh, representatives permission to seek deals, too. So they they can actually actively 
uh, talk to teams that, that then, of course, have to go through Baltimore to make a potential trade. So this has been going on for probably a month now or so. The Vikings, I think, from the very start, from what I've heard, have inquired, have been interested. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. Uh, the, the majority of Brown's National Football League career has been spent at right tackle. But he has the ability and the want to, of course, partially because of contract desires probably, to play left tackle. He and Brian O'Neill were both drafted in the uh, 2018 draft. O'Neill went in the second round, and Orlando Brown Jr. went in the third round. That means that both of them are going into the last year of their rookie contracts. Four years, not five years, because there's no fifth-year option on draft picks after the second round. It also means that both are up for extensions, which will probably be very rich in both cases. But the key thing is this. In 2021, both can easily play on the last year of their rookie deals, which are very reasonable. And yes. and that's the and that and that's the the potential conundrum is removed because if you extend them you're going to extend them beginning in 2022 you're not going to tear up the last existing year of both their contracts so if you get brown you're almost certainly going to do so with an agreement for a long-term deal in place o'neal's the same thing you're going to work out here an agreement with him but in 2021 you could very well have two very good tackle bookends who are going to be your long-term solution, Phil Mackey, on very reasonable salary cap hits. And everything that teams do, of course, with the cap crashing back down for at least one year because of the pandemic, is going to be based on what type of cap hits do we have to absorb in 2021. That's why a potential Orlando Brown Jr. trade for the Vikings makes perfect sense, both in the short and the long term. So, and and I, I, I will throw a scenario at you here in just a second because I, I think I have the plan, the perfect plan to fix the Vikings offensive line for the short and long term. Wow. Just boom, but just a magic. I'm pill. rubbing my hands together. I've got it. I'm rubbing my but hands I, together. But I also need to get a few more answers out of you in terms of like what this Orlando Brown Jr. thing could take. Okay. So the Baltimore Ravens. They currently have the number 27 overall pick in the first round and the number 58 overall pick in the second round. They also have a third, a fourth, a fifth. So they just have one pick in each round. The Vikings don't have a second round pick. They have a million third, fourth, and sixth round picks, etc. Yep. What is fair compensation? Now the, now, the Ravens don't have – the Ravens have some leverage in that – they're going to have like teams are going to want a 25 year old guy that can play left tackle, right? And, and right tackle. So there, there will be a market, if not a vast market for Orlando Brown jr. And so their leverage is a bidding war, but they also have to make something happen soon because if they don't, they're going to have to pay him and he's not happy. He might hold out. Like there's a number of things that he can do to sort of flex his leverage. So I wouldn't say they have full leverage. Um, what do you think it'll take? Like, are we are we talking the Vikings' fourteenth overall pick? Are we talking some sort of pick swap? I just want I want that answer out of you, and then and then I'll give you my scenario. I think what the Vikings would like to do, ideal world, is swap picks, swap first round picks. So Baltimore gets fourteen, which is a definite upgrade. Uh, the Vikings get twenty seven, and then the Vikings have to throw in more. But I mean, keep in mind too, Phil. To your point, third round picks, you've got them right. So like you could you could swap picks and throw in a third and I don't know a fifth 
So I think that there is a that there is a palatable way to do this for both sides that gets Baltimore extra compensation, uh, takes a player off their books who a does not want to be there because of the position he's being asked to play, and b is going to at some point in time here very soon get a lucrative contract from somebody, and it's probably not going to be Baltimore. So I would propose this: Baltimore gets fourteen. The, the Vikings get Brown, the Vikings get 27, and then the Vikings give up a third and, let's say, fifth-round pick. So mm-hmm. that's three picks. That's funny. Honestly, extra picks. R- run to the bank if that right. is the case. I, I I think a bidding war is probably going to jack that up to where the Ravens are going to say, listen, we can just get we can straight up get a first-round pick from somebody. What were you going to say, Declan? Because that was the exact trade I proposed to you guys two weeks ago when we first started this Orlando Brown trade. The Vikings would get Brown, the 27th overall pick, Ravens get 14 this year and a 2022 third. And at, that was when our first Orlando Browns team first started doing it, or start, first started popping up. And now, like Phil said, I mean, I'm sure the driving price is probably now being jacked up even more uh, because he's out. But I, I think that is where you would start. I think you would swap first-round picks and see what other type of secondary compensation you can get. Yeah, and so, I, so, I do think, I, just to be clear, I do think that they'd probably want a 2021 third-round pick and fifth-round pick, but I'd still do that. Yeah. So I think so. I'm going to settle on this. This is my scenario to you guys, and I, I keep like I keep going down the path of you have limited resources. You have to be you have to be very diligent about what you spend those resources on. Mm-hmm. And a 25 year old potential franchise left tackle that that you're going to have to pay in a year from now. But again, like where where are you allocating your money? I, if I'm going to pay top dollar for certain positions, offensive line, pass rusher. I'm going to pay for those positions. An elite cornerback, like I'm going to pay for those positions. Sure. My second best linebacker probably don't need him. Anthony Barr making 15 million dollars to the cap. A second safety in Anthony Harris last year making top three money at that position probably don't need to pay that. Running back, right? But I have no problem paying Orlando Brown Jr. if he's deemed to be a viable starting left tackle in his mid 20s. And so here's what I would do: I would call up the Ravens and I would say, "All right, we'll give you the 14th overall pick, and we'll give you a third round pick." Because we've got we've got we've got plenty of the mid round picks. If you want an if you want an additional fifth round pick or a sixth round pick, like we'll give you a late round pick too. We'll give you a first, a third, and let's say one of the Vikings, um, and a sixth. We'll say a sixth, okay? But we need something back in addition to Orlando Brown Jr. And so the like where Judd's going is we'll ask for the twenty seventh pick. I'm I'm gonna say they settle in and they will offer up the fifty eighth pick, the second round pick. So you'd be trading a first, a third, and let's say a sixth for Orlando Brown Jr. and a second-round pick, leaving you with $8 million in saved cap space between Riley Reef and Orlando Brown Jr. for 2021, when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. and leaving you with a second-round pick and a third-round pick to draft other players that you may need, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Going from Reef to Brown costs you a first-round pick and a mid-round pick or two that you, you have plenty of, but you gain a second-round pick, and you gain about $8 million in saved cap space by making the switch between those two players, all right? So then what I'm looking to do after that is I'm trying to clear more room, whether it's an Anthony Barr trade or just flat-out cut, Shamar Steffen, $3.5 million. Um, I am restructuring Daniil Hunter to make him one of the highest-paid players if I deem him to be healthy, and I'm pushing the majority of that cap hit into 2022 and beyond to save for 2021. And I'm restructuring Harrison Smith to clear out like $20 million in cap space. So I've got Orlando Brown Jr., 
I've got Brian O'Neill on the right side. I've got Ezra Cleveland locked in as my right guard. Or if, if he needs to make the switch to left guard, whatever. Like if he's more comfortable on the left side of the line of scrimmage, that's fine too. And then I'm using a chunk of like $15 million to pay Joe Thune to be my left guard. If it works out, then Ezra Cleveland plays right guard in 2021. And um, there was an exercise on ESPN.com today where a bunch of the NFL Nation reporters offered free agent contracts to certain players, and they listed them all out. And they sort of played out free agency through the eyes of these reporters. Both of the offers for Joe Thune were four years and 60 million. So you're looking at $15 million a year for Joe Thune. Mm-hmm. So I've got Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle. I've got Joe Thune at left guard. Garrett Bradbury still at center. Ezra Cleveland at right guard. And Brian O'Neill at right tackle. I think Bradbury gets better by just having a better left guard next to him. And I think Orlando Brown Jr. could even be an upgrade over a, what, a 32-year-old Riley Reef, and oh. he makes less money for 2021. Definitely. What, what do you get? And by the way, if if I whiff on Thuny, then I go get like a I, I get like a Zeitler or I get like a, a Matt Filer, yeah. the guard for, an above-average guard from the Steelers or from the Giants, and then I have even more money because those guys are going to be cheaper yep. than Joe Thuny. So your I, thoughts on how I just fixed the Vikings' offensive line? I love the entire thing. Except for for I'm not I, I don't think I'm as married to the Thuny idea as you are because if I just get an if I get a solid left guard like a good one I'm not talking about Dakota Dozier okay I'm not talking about trying to go on the cheap here but if Thuny's going to make that much and and let's say a team with a ton of cap room comes along and just competes and out outbids me. Uh, that's not that bad because I do think that I can get a Zeitler. I can get a guy like that, but I will definitely be upgrading there. So right, right there, if you do this in the correct way, you've got bookend tackles uh, potentially for the long haul, who you really like. You've got good guards. And the most important thing, in my opinion now, on Bradbury is you can find out. You, you might have made a massive mistake. Like he might be a first-round bust, which is a big problem. I'm not absolving you of that if you're Rick Spielman. But what I am saying is, Phil, I think that if you surround Bradbury with two really good guards or two good guards, that you will find out if Bradbury – and, heck, if you get a a quality um, upper echelon type left guard, he's going to help against the interior rush. He's going mm-hmm. to help against the nose tackles. I'm not trying to say that Bradbury still does not play a very important role or can screw up, but it does relieve the pressure of, I I can only imagine what playing alongside Dakota Dozier is like when you're already not that good. Like you're trying to learn and you can certainly run block, but uh, your pass protection skills and you're going against some uh, nose tackles who are really good and your pass protection skills aren't great. And you look to your left and God bless him. I'm sure he's a great guy, but Dakota Dozier is standing there. And you probably say to yourself, what's this team doing to me? Like, I've got no chance here because I'm trying to learn and I'm not there, there yet. So I think that your idea, even if you go um, for a second tier but still really quality left guard, I think your idea completely works. Let me tell you this, though, about why why I think the Vikings might balk at forfeiting a first-round pick completely and why it makes some sense to balk a little bit and to try and at least push Baltimore to see what extra they would take to um, to swap first-round picks as opposed to taking their second-round pick. In a salary cap league, the fifth-year option on first-round picks is extremely important 
because it's a last year of controllable. We don't have to extend you yet or or uh, take a cap hit yet. If you take a second round pick, that's four years and done. So I think there's a case to be made that with the way the league works now and the, the fifth year option only being attached to first round picks, that that's why you work your ass off to try and keep them. And e- even if it's a first round pick in the way back end of that round, if you get a player that you like, the controllability of that player extends to five years, and that's extremely attractive if you don't mess up the pick. Yeah, and, and and actually part of your selling point to Baltimore could be listen, you guys are like you guys are right on the cusp of, of a Super Bowl here. What are the like what's the last piece to the puzzle that you need? Now obviously now they're gonna if they trade Orlando Brown Jr., they're gonna need a right tackle. So they're gonna have to figure that out. Um but you you might look at that offense and say, Boy, yeah, you're maybe like one offensive lineman away, or maybe you're a star receiver away. You've got you've got a couple interesting weapons on that roster. But what if one of those wide receivers fell to 14? They're not falling. Reckless speculation. They're not falling to 27 or 28 or wherever their late first round pick is. But is it possible one of those Alabama receivers could fall to 14? And all of a sudden now you've got a ridiculous weapon for Lamar Jackson. So that could be a selling point, too. Now, what we don't know is how many other teams are involved in the Orlando Brown Jr. sweepstakes and how many of those teams have a higher pick than 14 to potentially offer up. Like the Bengals could just as easily be in this conversation wanting some extra protection for Joe Burrow, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. What I like about our idea here from the Vikings standpoint is this. It answers a question because more importantly than 2021, it answers the question of if you did this, you are no doubt building an offensive line for the future too. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what I want to know because if if the Vikings are truly trying to sit there and strategically plan for okay, we've still got Kirk. How can we be as successful as possible in twenty one? And we're not really thinking about twenty two. I think that's dumb, mm-hmm. and I think they know that's dumb, right? But the plan that we just and that you just laid out there for the offensive line, yes, it immediately upgrades the line, which is extremely important. But just as importantly, it gives it gives you if if you extend both the right and left tackle, um, it gives you a really solid line for the, f- the future too. So it doesn't look then like just simply a short term play. It looks like a short term play, but it's also very much a long term play. Yep, and as we talked about yesterday, we brought up the Theo Epstein example of listen. Sometimes if you're if you're just not great at something as a front office, if you're not, and as a coaching staff, if you just have a hole in your game, you don't really develop offensive linemen that well. But you're great at developing cornerbacks and pass rushers. You know what? Just go get one that's already established. And and I'm not here to say that Orlando Brown Jr. is fully established as a left tackle, but. I think he's fully established as just a credible offensive tackle on either side that's going to be an upgrade for the next five years over whatever like post Riley Reef hodgepodge you would try and put together, right? A draft pick that you're going to try and develop and whiff on. Um, or even like to me, like the risk of Ezra Cleveland moving over to left tackle for the first time in the NFL. I get that he's played left tackle and he was drafted as a left tackle, but playing left tackle in the NFL is a different animal. And if you're going to put him out there on an island and expect him to pick it up right away and be above average in a year in which the Vikings have Super Bowl aspirations, that's really risky. 
Yes. Orlando Brown Jr. is less risky at left tackle in 2021 and certainly beyond. So um, this is this is a super fun concept to speculate on. There is this isn't just reckless speculation. I, I don't think I think we should emphasize that like we love to recklessly speculate on this show. But not from what Judd is hearing, speculation. This is not just us like throwing something out here. Not that we would ever just completely oh, make stuff up out of thin air. No, but never. There's some reckless. No, we'd never do that. No, we, don't do that. we would but never. There's do that. some actual. Uh, solves, there's some actual legit steam. But here. think about having an offensive line that looks pretty good. <laughs> it's been years, guys. Like it's been years. If if you on opening day, if your only question mark, like you're okay, I'm not quite sure yet, is Bradbury. That's coming a long ways because on opening day of 2020. The entire interior of your offensive line was a question mark. Every mm-hmm. bit of it. And you actually had the hubris to think that you could start Dakota Dozier. Like, what on earth would have allowed anyone to think, you know what, it's a backup, but it's going to be pretty good as a starter. And he's your <laughs> left guard. So anyway, No more question marks. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Right. And Bradbury, you find out then. And you know what? He might thrive. Who knows? Yep, no more question marks. There's established guys to be had via trade and via signing. Fix the problem now if you want to win in 2021. Um, in a second here, is Anthony Barr the next domino to fall? That's that's the biggest next question. Um, but two things real quick here. Maybe you've maybe you've heard or maybe you've seen it, Declan, in the YouTube description, which is where right below, Ooh, down right there, below. Right that's below right, here. ladies. I mean, that's right. Or, listeners yeah, of Ben and Ladies Purple Daily. Oh, no. I'm not. No. <clears throat> got to run the ball and pass the ball. That's all I got to say. So, you know, wow. got to play offense. Don't, uh, don't want to talk about your relationships. Every day between now and March 26th, we are giving away $100 to one person that opens the Score North app. Today's winner is our friend Jason Elwood, loyal listener from Alexandria, Minnesota. So we're giving away $100 to uh, to a listener every single day that opens the Score North app. And then that person is also entered to win a $10,000 prize pack from one of our nine partners. Super easy. You open the Score North app. It's free to download for Apple and Android devices. It's a one-stop shop hub for all of our Score North content and all of Judd's written articles and Viking speculation. That's step one. Open the app. Register and enter the Pick Your Prize contest through listener rewards in the app. Uh, we set a record for us, anyways, last month with I want to say fifteen thousand people used our app last month, Thank and you. we really appreciate that. So um, let's keep it going here in March. Also, gentlemen, if you're one of those quarterbacks that gets mad and throws that tablet on the sidelines, or one of those coaches that spikes that tablet on the ground, well, Wamatech is here to help you with your broken down phone, tablet, or laptop. Wamatech is a trusted supplier of pre-owned cell phones, tablets, and laptops, and new accessories, and they source pre-owned devices directly to pass the savings on to you. They'll even buy your old device for cash. Buy, sell, trade in, whatever you need. Wamatech is a local Minnesota company that'll take great care of you. Find them online at wamatech.com. That's W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. Anthony Barr. Oh, is he the next domino to fall, Judd Zilgen? Uh, yes, possibly. He is the next domino to be addressed. How about that? How about that? He's the next domino to be addressed. Do tell. How can I put this? Let's just say this. I get the feeling that Anthony Barr can 
is very much going to be able to decide whether he stays or whether he goes. And it starts with this. He is the next guy, and the Vikings are right on this one, that they want to restructure. I don't know if they would extend him as well or how they would do it, um, but they would. Or snip, snip. Exactly. But they want to restructure him. We know for, for a fact from, in fact, this goes back a couple of weeks, and then we addressed it today again on the scoop on Mackie and Judd with Doogie, that the Anthony Barr camp balked at that. But it's not unusual for them to take a hard stance early in things. The Anthony Barr camp's problem is stick to of when push comes to shove, what's the decision? So the Vikings are very adamant that he is going to restructure and or not be cut probably because there are teams interested in him. Uh, this includes mm. this includes it sounds like the Broncos. Also, I am hearing, and this is this is a little bit of this. So wait, I'll be fair. Reckless speculation, but it's sort of halfway, so it's not completely reckless. I am hearing that there is another AFC or there it's an AFC playoff team that might be interested in Bar as well. Anyway, the point is there's a market for him. Okay. So the question then becomes, okay, you either take what we're offering you, you restructure Anthony, and or the Vikings are so far down the path of getting what they want for him that they might tell him, too bad, you're gone. Now, what I have no idea about is what the return would be. It sounds like it sounds like third-round picks have been in play. My guess, and this is a total guess on my part, is that the Vikings – and this might be asking for too much, Phil, that the Vikings have tried to press their luck probably and, and recoup that that uh, second-round pick that they traded to Jacksonville. Because there's no question in my mind, by the day that the draft arrives, the Vikings are going to have a second-round pick. Like, it's going to come – they're going to make some type of deal to get one. Um, they might lose every other pick in the draft. But they want a second-round But they're going to get a second-round pick. But they're going to get a second-round pick because that Ngakwe trade still reeks. But anyway, so the question is, Is does Barr still have the ability to tell them that he will restructure, or have they gone so far down the path of trading him that we're probably going to find out in the coming days that a deal has been done? So to go back to your first point, Barr is the next domino to either fall or stay, but he for sure is actively being addressed right now. And and I don't think that there's a person on the list who's currently on the roster that has that has jumped him as far as what the Vikings are trying to do. But, and this is good news, the Vikings are clearly they were not, they were ne- they're not trying to get below the cap. They're trying to get so far below the cap that they can address the offensive line. This is not about, oh, oh yeah, good, you know, Reef's gone, now we're below the cap. No, no, no. This is about getting in the upper echelon of we can now make moves, and I really believe that somebody finally has some sanity here, and they said if we're going to pay Kirk like we pay Kirk, we have to protect him so that we don't say, well, we could really block for Dalvin, but too bad about Kirk. That gets people fired, and it should. So that's I think that's the the dance that's being danced at TCO Performance Center. No, I I agree. It, it it me thinks the Vikings are on a mad mission right now, not to just, like you said, not to just get under the cap like they did yesterday, but to to get under by like twenty or twenty five million dollars, so that they can go whether it's a Carl Lawson or a Joe Thune, like so they can make a splash and sign a couple other guys and have room for a first round pick. It also has to fit under the salary cap. Methinks 
that all this Anthony Barr discussion and the Riley Reef cut also makes it more likely that they hang on to Daniil Hunter and they just give him yes. the big money contract extension that he probably deserves. And I get that he's coming off a neck injury and that would be a huge red flag. It's not the ideal time to say, all right, we're going to give you a raise, <laughs> even though you signed a contract that we've all agreed to. Right. Um, but but also doing that. So Daniil Hunter, just to get way in the weeds here, Daniil Hunter's cap number for 2021 is $17 million. It's the second highest cap number on the roster next to Kirk Cousins. Well, a restructured deal, I mean, you could go to Daniel Hunter and say, listen, we know that you've been liking some tweets and stuff, and you're kind of raising a stink. And you had the Ian Rappaport report from last October that said that there's a chance you'll never play for the Vikings again. And like we, so we get that you guys are floating some stuff out there. We love you. We will play ball. We want you to be in the Vikings ring of honor someday. We want you to finish out your career, or at least the prime part of your career, in a purple uniform. And we believe that you're going to come back healthy from that injury. So we're going to pay you. But you got to work with us, too. we got to find a way to lower your cap number for 2021 Mm -hmm. so that we can make as much of an all-in push as possible. So there's going to have to be maybe a little give and take here. You might have to take – you might have to be the third highest paid defensive end instead of the first so that we can take a little less money and and smooth it out over here. Um, I think all of these things make it more likely that Daniil Hunter stays around. And, I I mean, from everything you're saying here – it sounds like they want to resolve the bar situation as soon as possible so that they know once like once they can actually get on the phone with some of these free agents or I don't know if they get on the phone or if they just text or if they do like DMs on Instagram, you up, Joe Thune. Um, But I would think that they're trying Contract to get this thing resolved in the next like 48 to 72 hours so yeah. that they know what they're doing going into next week cap wise. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And and so here's the so here's. um with the team, how I think it plays out now. So Zimmer likes Barr, right? Like, I, I don't know, he loves him, but he still likes him. It's his first draft pick. But if you're Rick, you you can go to Mike and say, okay, you love Barr, and I get that. And and we definitely, probably, as a defense, suffered without him. But that being said, we want we want to, or we have to, we have to improve the offensive line, and we all want Hunter back. If that's what you want, something has to give, and it's going to be bar. And so Mike might be like, okay, because, one, if the O-line, pass protection-wise, stinks, they're all gone. If Barr comes back and Hunter has to be traded, Mike is going to say, what? Like, okay, I love Barr, but Hunter is unbelievable. But here's what I'd like to delve into now, because I think it's going to – I think it's going to allow – listeners behind the curtain on our thought process, okay? Because I'm with you completely. Hunter's neck does scare me. I will admit that from now until he plays. You know, a neck in football is bad news. That being said, if you're convinced or if you, or if he's going to come back and be the player that, that had 14 and a half sacks in 2018 and 19, he deserves to be paid. Like he is, he took a bad contract, too bad. If you just tell him, you know, well, sorry, He's going to hold out. He deserves to be in the upper echelon of defensive pass, um, elite pass rushing ends. The juxtaposition here to me from both of us is this one. So we've got all of these people that think that we bash Kirk. You know, you guys don't like Kirk. You don't like Kirk. Not true. I do like Kirk. What I don't. This is Kirk. This is Kirk Cousins Appreciation Week. Exactly. Which we'll also get to on this episode. But what I, but what I think we all, and I think that, and I don't know if this is a sports fan thing across the country, Minnesota. Vikings fans, I don't know. 
But I think the problem is we confuse solid players with great players. Daniil Hunter, when healthy, is a great player. Daniil Hunter deserves the Vikings. If they think Daniil Hunter's coming back at 100%, the Vikings need to work out a deal that keeps him here long-term and pays him a boatload. And the cap hit might hurt, but guess what? He's that good, right? So to peel back the curtain, we don't hate Kirk at all. But his contract's an issue because he can't, he will never perform up to the level of that contract and the cap hit. Daniil Hunter can. So I say this, make the moves that you have to to pay Daniil Hunter. I'm cool with wow. that. And I'm not going to bash him. Like, I'm not going to. I think this is the first time you've gone that far. I think you've, you've well, been. Well, the neck has to you've be. Been, you, I, I'm lukewarm because of the neck. But if I remove that, he is the perfect example of a guy that you do need to pay. I'm still scared about the neck. I yep, I he is he, he he is bona fide like one of the three or four most disruptive defensive pass rushers in the NFL, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And and if you're if you're just going to boil down winning at the top level in the NFL at its most simple principle, throwing the ball with efficiency, high volume, like teams that throw the ball in chunks through the air, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Packers, who actually run more than most uh, than most teams with great quarterbacks. The Buccaneers, like teams that can chunk the ball down the field on a regular basis. And then teams that can stop the other team from doing that. And you need pass rushers and you need passing game assets on offense, offensive line, quarterback and wide receivers. Pro football focus has a bunch of studies on these things. Um, and and I so that's where I'm at. Like sounds like you and I are, are in agreement on that front. Um the Anthony Barr thing probably plays itself out one way or the other in the next couple of days. And then the Vikings are going to know going into Sunday or month. Like, I think what they're thinking too is, well, Harrison Smith, we're, we're definitely going to re, we're going to redo that deal at some point, but we need to do these other things first. So we know, are we kind of in the 15 million cap rate right. cap space range or the 25 million? And then if we need to tap Harrison Smith for like 2 million on a restructure, we can do that too. Um, I've got some Kirk Cousins appreciation week stuff. Oh, for that's you guys, right. That, you that's right. I just said, I like him. Oh, I like that. Kirk Cousins. So people think we're just, we're so hard on Kirk Cousins and ah, I couldn't help myself. I, I got into a little bit of a Kirk Cousins tizzy on Twitter this morning. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not you. It's the cat. It's like 6 right? a.m. there. I know. Would you just I, sleep in if nothing else? Well, let's like, just what say, are you doing? I, what with, are you doing? With, uh, why are you doing this to yourself? I found a great, uh, a great Mexican restaurant last night oh, that God. let's just say had me with a little spare time oh. to sit down this morning. Oh, and God. so. Gonna, the man has throw that, out that marinate the bit. worst stomach ever, and he's finding uh, Mexican places. I don't know. I think me and me and Phil both have very similar. No, yours is no, no, no. Yours is bad. His is worse. Okay, because I'm a little Fine. bit touch and go myself. Fine. I'm nothing like Mackie. I will like Mackie's like I housed eighty wings last night. They were spicy. I love them, and I'll see you in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So worth it too. Wings are amazing. <laughs> All right, Kirk. Kirk Cousins Appreciation Week. Okay, according to Pro Football Focus. When when quarterbacks were kept clean in the pocket last year, Kirk Cousins had the second highest passer rating of any quarterback in the NFL behind only Aaron Rodgers. So here are the, the NFL passer rating ranks when kept clean in the pocket last year. Aaron Rodgers, 129.7. Kirk Cousins, 121.7. Pat Mahomes, 121.1. Deshaun Watson, 121. And Josh Allen, 120. When you keep the man clean in the pocket, he throws darts, and he does a very, very good job. Kirk Cousins Appreciation Week, just 
just so you know, we don't, we don't just sit around hating Kirk Cousins all the time. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. But and you, sometimes it's it's hard to keep him clean all the time when he makes so much money because he takes up so much of the cap. Yeah, but you just found the very stat of why the Vikings are trying to clear room to protect him. Like they mm-hmm. finally, I, it's taken four years. Somebody in Egan finally sat down and said, you know, if we don't protect him, we're going to get fired. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rick, we're, we're all going to be fired if we don't protect him. So, I don't, you know, why, why did this take four years? And uh, I'll add one more Help to that. Me. He's number one, clean pocket, number one in the NFL in yards per attempt last yes. season. Now, 9.1. But he can, but he, he is an effective quarterback when kept clean. And it's like the Vikings were like, yeah, but Dakota Dozier starting. Like, think about what we're talking about here. Yep. Now, I will add to this, okay, just to, just to pump the brakes a little bit, okay? You don't win Super Bowls with a perfect clean pocket all season. Okay. And so when, so things are going to get messy. Yes. You're going to have to overcome some things. Yes. You're going to lose offensive linemen to injuries. And those things happen throughout the course of a season and a career. Sure. And then the knock on Kirk is when things aren't perfect for him, he doesn't perform well enough. He doesn't elevate enough and he doesn't make guys around him better enough when things aren't perfect mm-hmm. to warrant that contract. But when things are clean for him, obviously last year, he was pretty incredible. Yeah. So, but this is why you have to give him the best chance possible, right? Like, like you have to build a line that is an elite line, not because it's always going to be perfect, but if you open your season with, uh, well, I know the left guard's not good and the right guard's a big question mark, um, and the center we don't know for sure. I mean, that's failure right there. That's acknowledgement mm-hmm. of failure before you've taken a snap. At yep. least this way, if you get the start, if you start with a line that you like. Things will happen, but you're not bringing it on yourself. Yep. Amen. Like Amen. Boys, like I... that was a that was a good Oof. sesh right there. Oh, good, good little reckless I got speculation. Worked, I got sort of worked up at the end there. Yeah. Mm. I'd like to apologize for that. Hold on. Reckless speculation. Oh, a That's a wrap coffee. on today's episode of Purple Daily. And I know yesterday we fired off two emergency episodes. So we're we're here if if emergency. If news Anthony Barr gets it. traded, we're back. We're back. For sure. Yep. All right, boys. Good talk. We'll see you out there.